Welcome everyone. This is a new episode of the Liberators podcast. My name is uh, Barry Overeem and right in front of me is sitting uh, someone that I know quite well. The illustrious Christian Verwijs. <laughs> and uh, for this uh, episode we're going to try something new because we had the idea of using, of asking our listeners uh, for a challenge. And the challenge is something that we are going to discuss with each other using sort of like Troika Consulting. Troika Consulting is a liberating structure that is all about giving and getting help. So the idea that we had is to ask our listeners uh, to bring up challenges and that Christian and I are going to discuss these challenges with each other and see if we uh, can uh, come up with some something that's useful for, uh, for, uh, for the listeners. And in this case, that's uh, Sven de Koning. Yeah, and, and maybe also good to know for people is that that are not familiar with Troika Consulting is that it basically means that the client, in this case Sven, but mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're going to share his challenge, um, the client gets a very short amount of time and then the consultants start talking with each other, offering ideas without talking to the client, without verifying anything. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot of ideas that we're going to yeah. sprout and some, some of them will be useful to Sven, some may absolutely not be useful. But that's okay, that's the nature of Troika Consulting. And good to know, and it's quite realistic with Troika Consulting, is that um, I have no clue yet what the challenge is going to be about. So the way we are going to start is that Christian is going to uh, explain the challenge that Sven, Sven de Koning, has uh, shared with him. Yeah. And then we're going to take some time uh, to, uh, to do some suggestions. Cool. And this is a delicious challenge. This is really uh, one that a lot of people will recognize. So Sven is one of our patrons and he sent this one in. He says, I work with a team, uh, a software team, and they work, they build tax software together. And it's very hard for them to release a done increment every sprint. And the reason that Sven gives is that this team is, is struggling to slice their work in a way that it's vertically sliced. Mm. So they're, right now what they're doing is they're slicing all their work horizontally. So apparently in one sprint they do all the database work and then in the next sprint they do logic work and then the UI is changed three sprints later. But Sven is trying to help this team see that they should slice their work vertically. Mm. But he doesn't know how, because the problem, and that's I think the core of the, the issue, is that he says that for a change in the software, usually because tax law changes or something, you need to implement the whole thing, otherwise you don't comply with the law. Mm. So the question is, if you're working with Scrum and you need to deliver a done increment frequently, how do you do that? Mm. Okay. So when you do Troika Consulting, then usually you have the opportunity to ask some clarifying questions at the start. And Chris, I'm just going to ask you a clarifying question because I'm not sure if you discussed it with, uh, yeah, with Sven. Uh, has uh, Sven uh, shared anything about the team composition or the types of uh, roles or specialities that are part of the team? He has not. Okay. Okay. I did ask for some additional information, but right now the one thing he shared is that this team is having struggle, is struggling to, um, it's difficult for them to implement a feature that's mm -hmm. not entirely complete. Mm -hmm. So they, they are trying to add all the bells and whistles that they feel are necessary. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things he also says is, Sven wonders, is it actually necessary to implement all the exceptions in mm. the same sprint or can okay. you do that later? So that's a bit of background that he also shared with us. So what we can do already, but it, of course this is based on a lot of assumptions, uh, but I already have some ideas in mind about things that I've experienced from my, my own work as a Scrum Master in Teams. 
so we can share some ideas about what we saw happening a lot and maybe uh, that's useful yeah. for, for the listeners let's do it yeah yeah i'm wondering how long their sprints actually are mm-hmm. um because if you have very short sprints like one week i can imagine that teams can struggle with that to create done mm-hmm. increments um so but if they already have four week sprints and they still are unable to do it that changes the challenge a little bit for me uh, but i would be interested in what's the length is it two weeks one week four weeks and do you purely basing your experiences do you have a recommendation for this type of product so something that you often see it's happening? very or? hard i mean the teams that i worked with usually build software for flex workers so we, we actually had to deal a lot with tax related law and and uh, how do you say it worker law mm-hmm. uh, like how many hours can people work on a day and there were all sorts of calculations behind that that's mm-hmm. a, somewhat comparable maybe mm-hmm. um, we did sprints of a week but it was a different product so it's hard to generalize but i, I would say two weeks should be possible it should mm-hmm. be possible to create a done increment mm-hmm. okay okay but the length of sprints the first question that i have okay and you, what's the question that you have? Well, it's tricky uh, because I do not want to introduce another stance of a Scrum Master. It's something that you actually often recommend and that's as a Scrum Master, you also are kind of a detective. So it also recommends when to sort of like uh, trigger his inner Sherlock and before jumping into any conclusions, first take a step back and see, okay, what else do I see? What's going on? So one fact is that we are not delivering done increments, but what else is going on? What else is uh, going on in the environment of the Scrum team? Uh, Are there other teams that also have this problem? Or maybe there is a team in the organization that is building a different kind of product and they are succeeding with delivering done increments, then maybe you can learn from them. How are other teams in similar domains on similar products dealing with these challenges yeah. in the same organization. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe and then that's so one recommendation is before jumping into any conclusions, see what, try to discover what else is going on. Um, and maybe also just visit another organization. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you can find an organization that sort of like has similar complexity and just have a conversation with a Scrum Master, a developer or a product owner from that organization and see how how they are doing it. Maybe you can learn something from uh, from each other. Well, I have definitely some people that I can recommend to Sven to connect with. So if he wants to do that, we can connect him. Um, But it brings me to another question is, I'm kind of wondering, and and this is all conjecture, I have no idea of what's going on here exactly, but how cross-functional is this team mm. really? Yeah. Uh, because my experience is that if teams struggle with slicing, there's often something else going on. For example, they're not cross-functional. So in the team, everyone's working on their own thing because they all have their different kinds of tasks and they can't really work together. So everyone has their own thing. So the developer is developing as hard as they can, as he or she can on implementing that item, mm. but doesn't finish it in a week because that's too much for one person. So I'm kind of wondering, are all the developers sort of working together on this item or is it different? And then there's another problem going on with that team, not slicing, that's just a, a symptom. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually that, uh, well, ex- well, you give this example, something else comes to mind. Actually a lot of light bulbs start. <laughs> Troika's working. Yeah. <laughs> something that we often recommend to teams is um, uh, decrease the amount of work that you are working yeah. on. Limit your, yeah. Limit your whip. Mm-hmm. And um, that can sort of like in a painful way create a lot of 
transparency about what's going on because mm -hmm. if for example you agree upon a web of maybe one or two items um, that the development team can work on from the sprint backlog if it's a really cross-functional team they should be fine but if it's like not a cross-functional team then probably they start complaining like i cannot do any work and etc etc so and now i'm going to give you the response that most developers will give you or at least some developers will give <laughs> you it's like that's nice barry it works in theory but it doesn't work in my work because what i do is more mm. complicated yeah. and i think that that's also what sven is dealing with with mm -hmm. a team of developers that are like we just cannot deliver done yeah. increments because yeah. Technically, it's too difficult. We yeah. have to implement the whole law and everything that it touches, otherwise we can't deliver it. Yeah. And I, I understand that, but given that situation, are there other things we can recommend? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But that's also related to, it might be, I'm not sure if you, if you want to head in that direction. To me, I'm just wondering like, so what is the sprint goal of this team? Mm. That was actually a question I also had. Like, yeah. so, and, and that ties also into the product owner role because the sprint goal is, um, is, is crafted by the Scrum team as a whole. So that includes the, the product owner. And I hope that if the product owner is fulfilling his or her role like it should be, then the product owner should already sort of like have a longer term uh, vision or idea in mind. So I'm just wondering, so what is the current sprint goal and what are the possible future goals for, for this team? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it ties into how I started, that this is a delicious challenge in a way. Mm. Because to me, technical challenges like this, like mm -hmm. implement this new law, that's mm -hmm. a perfect sprint goal. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe it's too big for a single sprint. I don't know how, mm. how much is changed by a law and how big that law is. But elements of that law and the changes that it brings to the software, that makes a perfect sprint goal. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing the development team works on. And everything they need to do is on the sprint backlog. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I'm from the explanation that I'm getting from Sven, I get the sense that people are working on their own things and that there are no sprinkles. But mm. that's assumption. Yeah. But my assumption as well is that this might be something that you cannot only fix on team level. Probably what's going on in, on team level probably is caused or is influenced by things that are going on outside of the scrum team i'm not gonna let the developers off that easy if that's okay no yeah but probably let's say as a scrum master you should not only have like a a blind focus on the team itself but you might also uh, see like what's going on there's like uh, if, if there's lots of influence from other people around the scrum team then you should not only sort of like uh ignore that you should also have a conversation with with other stakeholders like what is your expectation of the product and what can you as a stakeholder do to help the product uh, deliver these done increments yeah. but still i'm not going to let the developers off the hook yeah very good um because i've had lots of discussions with developers that were in a similar vein to this mm -hmm. like my work's too difficult and you can't slice that we always manage to slice it mm -hmm. when you sit down and talk about it but what's really challenging about that is for a developer, it's sometimes very difficult because they don't have, it requires a whole different way to look at code, how to, how to write software that not all developers have. So if you tell them, do this, they don't know how to do it. So they don't do it. Um, and they just say it's impossible. It is possible, but you need to give them a way to build those skills. And a lot of scrum masters that don't have technical backgrounds struggle with that mm -hmm. because they, don't, they haven't done it themselves. So 
I was thinking maybe there are some things that that can help. Um, with the first thing is, and I already mentioned this, is bring in some developers from elsewhere in the organization that are really skilled at doing this, and maybe they can mentor the developers in your team. Mm -hmm. If you are a scrum master that's very technical, you can do it on your own, that's, that's one thing. But one thing that I'm always thinking about in these kinds of challenges is, just on a technical level, you can also implement features with feature toggles. So you basically start implementing a new version, but the old version remains active, but in an environment where stakeholders can test and do the inspection, there you change the toggle and the new version is active. That's a way to sort of break it down. And I was also thinking, like in the software that I mentioned, the, the, for, for uh, flex workers, what we always did was when you have a new feature, you have a happy path. Mm -hmm. Like that's the flow that a user goes through if everything goes well. That's one thing we usually implemented first. That was usually maybe mm -hmm. the goal for one sprint, for example, that was mm -hmm. a sprint goal. But the next sprint, we started implementing different flows, like you have exception flows, or maybe a, a, a user is very special and has a different flow mm -hmm. than all the other users. You implement them in later sprints, there are different items on the, on the product backlog. Um, so it's about branching. You have all these branches, all these branches of steps, and you basically start with the branch that most users will go through. Mm -hmm and you do the rest later. Mm -hmm. And that's, a really, that's always been a very helpful strategy for me as a developer to think about code. What is the most important branch I need to implement right now? If it's still too big for a sprint, I need to think about what, how can I make that branch shorter? Mm -hmm. Or how can I, what different branches, sub-branches exist in there and then implement only one of them. Yeah, wow. More technical stuff? I have one more. Yeah, go for it. I think this is a very useful example. That, so. No, but uh, that's, uh, that's why I'm not letting developers off the hook, because it's my deep belief that developers love this stuff. This mm -hmm. is, these are difficult puzzles, technical puzzles, and it's really cool to fix those puzzles. Yeah. So if you can sort of get that excited, I think I'm getting I, excited I, I see the passion <laughs> in your eyes, so that's very good. But, uh, but it's, these are the problems I like the most, because it's, like, it's difficult for me to say how to do this in another domain, because I don't mm -hmm. know their software in detail, but for all the software I've worked on, these were the things that I was thinking about the whole day on, the, on my way home, during uh, showering, I was always thinking while showering. But one other thing I was thinking of, and then we have one more process thing, is just on a very code level, this is really something where you can use strategy pattern. Mm -hmm. Like that's a design pattern. And it's one of the design patterns where you have, if you have different tax laws, each tax law essentially is a different strategy to calculate certain mm -hmm. amount of, amounts of money that someone mm -hmm. needs to pay and all these exceptions. That's something you can use strategy patterns for. And with dependency injection, you can just inject different versions of classes based on which version of the law you're using. So th mm. this is a really detailed technical thing. But I think that this might be interesting yeah. to explore with the developers. Yeah. Yeah. They may already know this, and they may not. And then you mm -hmm. have something to explore. And I have one more, but that's not a very technical one, is I think that this team can also benefit from spending a bit more time on refinement. Mm. And I don't mean as in sitting around a table and thinking for hours, but more mm. like, do a, a troika like we're doing now with, mm -hmm. uh, with, with, this, with a particular item mm -hmm. and the developer that's sort of most involved in that item can explain the challenge. I need to break this down vertically, but I don't know how. Yeah. And then he or she turns around and other developers start giving ideas how yeah. you could break that down. It's a little bit like and maybe also now. on a more functional level, invite users, uh, users that use the yeah. system and, yeah. and invite them for refinement as well. Yeah. 
because maybe they have some completely other ideas to sort yeah. of like slice it or simplify it. The and they can help you identify the branches too. Yeah. Like, tell me what you do step by step. First yeah. you do this, then yeah. you do that, then you do that. Is it okay if we do this and that first and if forget about this one for now? We'll do it in a future sprint. So that's a really good way too. Cool. Or doing Tris, like how, what is the best way to, it's a liberating structure, but what's the best way to to, to do this in the most horizontal way possible. Mm. And what are we actually doing? And sort of use Tris to come up with a creative perspective or do a shift and share where you have different stations with different items that need to be broken down. Maybe different parts of the workflow that's involved in the items. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Short story, there are lots of things you can do. Yeah. So usually what we recommend with Tracker Consulting is it's better to do a couple of short rounds instead of doing uh, one very long round. Sorry, so Larry, I got carried away. No, 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 I think so far it's excellent. <laughs> Can I mention one thing before closing? Uh, we, we have a blog post about user story slicing mm -hmm. for the liberators. Um, we'll put the link in the in the description of the episode. It contains 10 strategies that I've always found I very I think it's helpful. sort of like a cheat sheet, right? That people can download. Yeah, but there's a blog post that has ex examples. And, and mm. for example, the happy path uh, is one of the examples. Cool. But there are many other ones in there that are very helpful because they're all about vertical slicing, not about horizontal slicing. Um, so maybe Sven and his team can take a look at that, see if there's anything possible there. Yeah. And it would never accept no from developers in this case because it's always possible. Cool. It's just difficult. Cool. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of cool. What they could also do is maybe sort of like write down these, uh, the, the, the ideas that you wrote. I think it's sort of like 10 ideas on the cheat sheet. Uh, write them down in separate yeah. index cards and then maybe give them a rating, like uh, from scale from one to five, like how useful is it for a team? I was thinking about a card set for our web shop, basically. Yeah. But wow. that's, for, that's for later. <laughs> We're coming up with ideas for our own <laughs> stuff here too. That's cool. So that was Troika Consulting. Um, we've had a 12 minute consultancy for Sven. Sven, I hope there was something in here that was helpful to you. That's sort of the nature of Troika. You hear all these ideas, some of them may be helpful, some of them may not be helpful at all because we're totally off the mark, mm -hmm. but that's okay. That's the whole point of Troika Consulting. It was helpful for us because we came up with a new card deck. We had fun. <laughs> um, if you as a listener also have a challenge, then please provide us a description of that challenge, send it to us, put it on our Patreon page or reach out in whatever way works. And um, we may ask you a bit more background because that's always helpful when we do a, a session like this. Um, but we're always looking for more. So please approach us with your questions and we'll try to answer them with Troika Consulting as well. Any cool. closing words before I go to the actual closing of the episode? No, just that I enjoyed doing this a lot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I uh, yeah, hope it was useful for, uh, for you as a listener as well. Uh, I hope Sven is not facepalming the whole time now <laughs> during the episode. Like, oh, I've already thought of that. <laughs> Anyways, thank you very much for listening. It's a pleasure to know that you're taking time out of a busy day to learn something new. Um, uh, if you liked the episode, please give it a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening on. And um, thank you again for listening. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.